So I get the privilege of kicking us off. We're doing a kingdom series. Um, so we're going to be doing, next Sunday we have our uh, Next Together Sunday, which will be shorter, just an hour long, and we'll be all together as a family. Um, is it an hour? Hour and 15? Um, so we won't be having our next kingdom series next Sunday, but then it will continue thereafter. So we've got kingdom and healthcare coming up, and kingdom and mission, kingdom and business, kingdom and mental and emotional health. But today we get to um, have kingdom in the workplace. Um, so I'm hoping that lots of you work. If you don't, as you hear and listen to what I'm going to be sharing, and also um, Jenny Winsley is going to be coming to speak as well. As we share, if you're not in a job, um, then have a think about what club you're part of. You might be retired, but you're part of like a club or a group that you regularly go to. Bear that in mind as, uh, as you listen. But I'm just going to pray before we start, and then we're going to get kicked in. It's very exciting. Yeah, Father, I want to thank you for your incredible presence. Jesus, I thank you that you're here, you live inside of us. Holy Spirit, that you live in us. We're joined to you, Jesus. And uh, we just want to pray. I pray that as we um, listen, God, that you will transform and change us, that we will line up with who we really are, and that we will leave today excited actually for going back to work um, tomorrow um, with some real practical tools and ways that we can um, just be who you've called us to be. And I just pray God will you help me, help Jenny, and uh, that we would just communicate your heart um, really well and that we would all learn and grow and be changed today. Amen. So I, um, this is really interesting for me, really, I've worked for like since I was 17, I got my first job working for the council as a maternity cover, um, as an admin assistant with the a incredible sum at that time of 6995 pro rata a year, which when you're 17, you feel like you're absolutely minted because you've had Saturday jobs before then, you're like, thousands of pounds a year? Um, so I've been working for 20, whatever, two, one years um, on and off. Uh, I worked all through university in the summer. I had an office job full time for four or five months. Um, so always just to pay me through uni. So I've, I've had lots of different jobs in many places. I've worked in architects. I, I was the PA to, to a psychiatric consultant in the, the adolescent psychiatry unit of Gartnaval Hospital. I've worked for, you name it, I've done it. Um, so I've been around a lot of businesses, um, property companies, um, yeah, many varied things. So I have learned tons of things, but specifically today really just been thinking about like my workplace. I work in an engineering company where I've been for 12 years. Um, we're in the oil and gas industry and um, God has taught me a lot. So today is going to be quite practical, lots of stories and just kind of how you thought about this, what about that, um, just to really help us um, to all learn. So um, first of all, I'm just going to read this one. 1 Peter 2.9 says this, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And in the Passion Translation, instead of proclaim the excellencies, it says this, he did this so that you would broadcast his glorious wonders throughout the world. 
And actually, just as I've been thinking about the workplace, is that something that we do? Like, we're one of our job basically is to show other people the goodness of God. But in your workplace, do you broadcast um, the glor- His glorious wonders in your workplace? I don't know. It's a question for you to answer yourself. Um, so Reinhard Bonke, for many of you um, he, he, who know him, he um, used to head up uh, CFAN, like Christ for All Nations, and he went to be with Jesus and died last uh, December, last year. And I just read, read this statement about his life, which really impacted me, and it said this about him. He is now with the one he loved so much and that he lived his whole life to please. And I, I guess I, was, I, was, I read that and I was just like, well, actually, that's a question for all of us. Like, do we live our whole life to please him? And what does that look like in your workplace? Is it reflected in the way that you work, that you live to please Jesus? Um, 2 Corinthians 5.20 tells us that we are ambassadors of Christ. And what I love in the Passion Translation, you can often click and just get an explanation of different words. It's really helpful. And it says this, to be ambassadors for Christ means that we are his diplomatic agents of the highest rank, his diplomatic agents of the highest rank sent to represent King Jesus and authorized to speak on his behalf. We are the voice of heaven to the earth invested with royal power through the name of Jesus and authority of his blood. So we are, we are diplomatic agents of the highest rank that are sent, authorized by the king to go into all the world. And we really were commissioned. We were commissioned to go into all the world and to live in step with Jesus. And actually we are empowered to unleash and release heaven in every area of, of influence. Everywhere that we go, we get to partner with Jesus and release heaven. Um, and part of that journey, and you've, we've, you've heard this from the front here if you're part of Hope and you've been along a lot, we talk a lot about identity because part of us being able to do that, we actually need to think from heaven's perspective. We need to speak from heaven's perspective, think, live, and function from that reality because actually, if I don't believe that I'm a royal son and that I am connected to heaven and I'm seated at the right hand of the Father because I'm in Christ Jesus and that's where he's seated and I'm in heavenly places and I'm filled with the Holy Spirit who raised Jesus from the dead and I've been given authority because Jesus took it back when he died and rose again and all authority he then gave to us, tag, you're it, on you go. If I don't believe that's who I am, then my workplace is not going to be impacted, my that my work colleagues are not going to be impacted. And actually, we need to understand that we are representative of Jesus. We're his ambassadors. We're the one who get to take, like, heaven. Like, my brother works in an embassy. He's done his ambassador exams, and he's not yet that. But when you go to the embassy, which I've done lots of times in different countries, it's like, it's like the country. The embassy's like the country. You know, it's very British. When you go to an embassy in another nation... It's British. And that's what we're meant to do. We take heaven and we're to go and be the ambassadors to actually like see heaven come on earth. Um, and actually from, for if, when we stand and line up with who we really are and we believe that we are these people, actually our workplace should look like heaven in some shape or form. And now I'm going to get into it in a moment, just like some of the ways that I see heaven in my workplace, which is not an exhaustive list. And you, I would just encourage you to think of the old, your own ways. Like, what does heaven in my workplace look like? What does it look like when the kingdom comes in my workplace? 
So from Adam to Jesus and beyond in Scripture, we read about people working, all sorts of different jobs. It's really, I like to think about people like Lydia. Hmm, how did she come to be a sailor of purple cloth? And that was quite rare at the time that women were having their own businesses. And I just like to think about, you know, what it would have been like for her and uh, just get yourself into the story. Um, and in Genesis 2, we know that God put Adam in the garden um, of Eden to work it and to take care of it. And Jesus worked. Um, and what I love about, you know, you look at stories of Jesus, like the woman at the well, and the way he talked to her. And actually, conversations like that, I am sure, were happening throughout Jesus' life. Because he didn't suddenly hit 30 and then start talking about God and who he was. He had 30 years of having conversations with people that he met on a daily basis. That was not just like a rare um, occurrence. And so Jesus um, was um, a carpenter. He learned the trade um, from uh, Joseph, his dad. Um, and he served God. He worked for him. He, we know that he lived a perfect life, which would have meant that he, you know, he wanted to please God in everything he did. He wouldn't have done a shoddy job. His, um, you know, he would have worked hard. He would have been conscientious. He would have put in long hours. He would have had to have dealt with difficult customers, I'm sure, um, and remain kind and loving and peaceful and calm toward them as they, you know, were verbally abusive potentially towards him he would have done like you know conscientious hard work in him sure his yokes and his lows and his low tables and his you know stools would have been like beautiful like you know an opportunity for him to just partner with the creator and just release beauty um and he would yeah he would have known what it was like to have days where he was just tired and had too much work to do i'm sure we've all felt like that sometimes the, the to-do list is unending and um, he would have experienced that and we know that um hebrews 4 tells us that jesus was tempted in every way that we are but he didn't sin he would have been tempted to go off on one at his dad who was his boss he would have been tempted to not be kind to customer he would you know tempted in every way that we are in every way we are in the workplace actually and he didn't sin um so it's amazing just to think about what what would it have been like for him and so in my working life, I have really just held two truths at the fore of my mind. In every job that I've ever been in, some have been quite dire. But the way that I have survived, functioned, had a great heart is by holding on to two truths. The first one is this. Jesus is my boss and I'm really working for him. So in Colossians 3, 23 to 24, it says, whatever you do, work at it with all of your heart as as working for the lord not for human masters since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the lord as a reward it is the lord christ you're serving and so as i've had difficult bosses at times that are just awkward i remember I worked at strathclyde university and i had this boss and she was extremely difficult but i was just like well jesus i'm serving you I am, you're my boss, and I'm going to honor this woman. I'm going to serve and, and like, do work my hardest and have a heart of love and encouragement towards this person who's very difficult because, actually, Jesus, I'm doing this for you. It's ultimately you that's the boss. It's you that I'm serving. It's you that I'm working for. Um, and the second truth is this, that it is my job to glorify God in everything that I do. 1 Corinthians 10, 31 says, So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. And so as, as I work and I do things that are like 
I'm not a fan of filing at all. I work with um, Verna, who's in Hope Church, and she loves filing. So I was just like, oh, thank you, Jesus, that she got employed by my company. Cause she now, I'm like, here, could you file this? Hey, do you want to file this? Do you want to do these filing? Um, but everything we do to the glory of God, the menial tasks, the difficult tasks, the whatever it is, everything in our workplace, everything in our life that we do, to, all to the glory of God. And the Bible is super helpful about how we're to conduct ourselves. Um, so we've been going through the Ephesians series, um, Ephesians, the whole the book of Ephesians even. And the one thing we actually didn't quite get onto, um, Andy did a stunning job of just talking about um, the way that married couples respond to one another, but we didn't specifically look at slaves to masters in depth. But actually, Ephesians 6 in the context of slaves masters is actually quite helpful for us and there's some things we can just pull out um, for just to think about for yourself as to how you respond to your boss. So it says this, those who are employed should listen to their employers and obey their instructions with great respect and honor. Serve them with humility in your hearts as though you are working for the master. Always do what is right and not only when others are watching so that you may please Christ as his servants by doing his will. Serve your employers wholeheartedly and with love as though you were serving Christ and not men. Really helpful. So key things you can pull out of there, listening, obeying, respect, honor, serve with humility, do what's right, serve wholeheartedly, serve with love and serve as though it's Jesus. Is that something you do? Maybe you need to go and chat to Jesus about what that would look like for you. So Jesus talked a lot about um, the kingdom when he was on the earth and there's lots of different uh, theologians takes on what the kingdom is and is it this or is it that and Jesus actually talks about the kingdom and and he means a couple of different things and I'm not going to get into all of that for today so I'm just going to give you um really um for the purposes of today I'm just going to give you a bit of an explanation of what what do I mean what what do we mean when we're talking about the kingdom in our workplace because it's a term we use a lot what do we actually mean and so we know that we have to pray for the kingdom to come. Uh, so the kingdom, I mean, I've heard it all different ways put, but one which has always stuck with me, which I'm like, that's actually quite helpful. Um, the kingdom of heaven is like the rule and reign of God, or like the, the, the dominion, the rule and the reign of God. Um, so actually when we talk about the kingdom in our workplace, really we're talking about everything that's in heaven being free to operate in my workplace. Um, but it's free to operate, but it doesn't mean that it is going to, because that's why I'm there. Um, and then in addition to that, in Luke 17, 20 to 21, being asked, says this, being asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, this is Jesus, he answered them, the kingdom of God is not coming in ways that can be observed, nor will they say, look, here it is or there, for behold, the kingdom of God is in the midst of you. Or some versions say the kingdom of God is already among you. And the Greek word for among or in the midst of you is the word entos. And entos actually is like, it's, a, it's really like a relational term that explains like proximity because it really carries the meaning inside or within. And so actually in this verse, what we're seeing is Jesus saying, well, actually the kingdom is in, it's, it's actually, it's within you. It's inside of you. And actually for us, we know that Jesus is the king of the kingdom and Colossians 1.13 says that he's delivered us from the kingdom 
um, the domain of darkness and transformed us, transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sin. So Jesus is the king of the kingdom. We got transferred from darkness into his kingdom. But actually, the kingdom of God, uh, the kingdom of Jesus, Jesus being the king of the kingdom, is, is the presence of Jesus in me. Like Christ in you, the hope of glory. And so actually... And also Revelation 1 and uh, 6 and 5.10 explain that God has made us to be a kingdom and priests to serve him and reign on the earth. And so actually, yes, there is praying for the kingdom to come, like the, the, the presence of heaven to function and operate in my workplace, but also I carry the kingdom inside of me. But the question is, am I letting the king, who is the king of the kingdom, out of, my, out of me? Actually, he, I was bought at a price. I'm not my own. He is in charge of me. But actually, am I willing? Am I yielded? Am I letting him live what he wants? Like, letting him do his kingdom things in and through my life. Um, so for me, the kingdom in my workplace looks like Jesus. Jesus in my workplace. And Jesus in my workplace is just very fun. Um, I'm going to tell you some stories, but um, one of the things that I do as an ambassador of Christ, as someone who has the Christ in me, the hope of glory, getting to release heaven in that place, one of the things that I do is pray. So Luke 11, 2 says, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, remember? And actually, I have a question, which is this, have you ever, and do you ever pray for the kingdom to come in your workplace? If not, you might like to give it a try. Um, so I pray for lots of things. I pray for wisdom and favor for my colleagues when they're in sales meetings or with clients. I pray for colleague meetings, like when my colleagues are meeting. If I know my boss is meeting with someone and they're having a conversation or they're working on a specific project, which is quite tricky, I'll just pray for them. Um, I pray, and for me, I ask for help and for wisdom and insight. Uh, Vern and I pray together for all things to do with the company, ask God for more work and we pray um, about lots of things and actually um, Proverbs 16 3 says commit your work to the Lord and your plans will be established and so I um, we pray we pray we pray I have two other Christians in my workplace and we, we pray it's so important actually to pray God's kingdom to come in your workplace I also pray for different fruits of the spirit to be manifested and you know increasing in my life particular times like I'm like I need more patience today I just, I need more kindness. I need more gentleness. I need more self-control. Holy Spirit, help me. Um, so helpful to do that. Um, so having the king inside of me and praying for um, heaven to operate in my workplace has really impacted it. Um, it's very fun. And so what I've done is this morning, I've pulled out 10 ways uh, that I see the kingdom in my workplace. And this is not an exhaustive list. I would encourage you to think, what does it look like in your workplace or your club or your group that you're part of? And so um, as I share and as uh, Jenny shares, I'm, I just want to provoke you um, to think more intentionally about the impact that you are having and the impact that you can have in your place of work. Um, and if you don't work, as I say, think about a club or a group that you're part of. So um, Romans 14, 17 says this, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. And so for my company, my company, I have basically, when I water the plants, I'm the only one who does that. I have, we have lovely plants in my workplace. 
um, and I am the green-fingered one. When I water the plants, I'm just like, I just release righteousness, peace, and joy. I literally go around wafting righteousness, peace, and joy, righteousness, and peace, and joy, and righteousness, and peace, and joy, and righteousness, and peace, and joy. I've done that for years, righteousness, and peace, and joy. Because I'm like, I want the kingdom to come in my place of work. And so in my, in my workplace, and I often say this out loud, I say to the people I work with, oh, I love that we're a company of integrity. I love that we're, like, we're, just, we're so integrous. What we do, what we say, you know, we, we don't tell lies, we don't steal, we don't cheat. In my industry, oil and gas industry, backhanders are rife. People buy jobs, people sneak cash, they, whatever, do really dodgy things. We'd never have done any of that. I wouldn't even enter anyone's head to do that. Because we are just like, we're integrous people. We are, gonna, we are a company of integrity and we, are, we just want to be righteous. And so I have cultivated um, and set a standard of like, well, no, like, we're not going to do that or we're not going to say that because that, that wouldn't be truth. Um, and I don't stand for lies or anything that is just not righteousness. Because um, I'm like, well, I am the one with authority here and I get to set what it looks like with heaven operating in this environment, which is the kingdom of God coming righteousness. Um, so have a think. What does it look like for you, actually, in your workplace, to be the person who sets a standard for righteousness? Which also means when we're I'm having conversations with people, I don't stand for anything that's not righteous. And, and there is no gossip, talk behind people's back, any of that just doesn't happen because there's just righteousness in my place of work. Um, and the second thing is this peace. John 14 one says, don't let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God and believe also in me. And so when there are difficult circumstances, like do you panic or do you actually trust Jesus? And so what I've realized is that when you're confronted with a problem, which I am often confronted with, I mean, problems are just hilarious, some of the things that happen in my company. But when you're confronted with a problem, it's actually an opportunity to trust God in new ways. Um, so we regularly have epic problems of like gigantic proportions like bank monies of vast sums getting stuck in countries because the law has changed and the banking laws have changed and you can't get it into this country. Or we don't have any money at all. And it's like, wow, the wages are due. Wow. Oh, well. You know, God's good. He's my provider. And so peace is just what happens because actually I'm a person of peace. I'm joined to Jesus who is the Prince of Peace. And so we don't have fear in our environment. We don't have like anxiety or stress. Like we're not, we just don't do, we do peace. So whenever, um, like I remember one time my boss um, was like trying to find something. I was standing behind him. He was trying to find something. He was getting really annoyed. He was banging his mouse about. And I was putting my hands on his shoulder. And I was just like, peace. And the next thing, he found what he was looking for and he just calmed right down. I'm like, I'm not going to have anything that doesn't look like peace happening in my environment at all. At all. And so um, we've also uh, been bought and sold four times in 14 years. Um, and actually, a lot of peace needs to be manifested tangibly in a company when that's happening. And so I just release it. And I'll, I'll tell you a bit more about what that can look like. Um, but actually, no one left the company in those transitions at all, because there was just peace present 
in that place. And um, so when there's no wages and like this, um, in the management team and they all know that there's no wages, nobody gets into like panic mode because they've seen God move again and again and again. And they all know that God is in charge of the company, that we get paid our wages because God sends us the money. And that is like common knowledge because I talk about how it was him and they're like, yeah. And they don't disagree. There's so many miracles have happened that they're all like, this has to have been God because we couldn't have did this. Um, the other thing, that, the third thing then is joy. So in my company, we just laugh regularly. I have, we have an environment of joy. My work colleagues regularly say to me, oh my goodness, we need some of Jan's happy pills. Like, wish we were on what you were on. Uh, we need more of that. And then, but what happens is, I mean, I have got myself into fits of laughter that won't stop. I have cried with laughter at my desk. And then it erupts. Joy just erupts and everybody else laughs and they don't know why they're laughing. And then before you know it, joy is just present in a way that it wasn't before that. Um, and so we, we um, met quite a few years ago, it's definitely, I don't know, six or seven, maybe seven years ago, one of the, before we got bought and sold, we were actually in a consultation period for redundancy. And we had this three months of, do we have a job? Are we redundant? I think we're redundant. When are we redundant? Are we redundant next week? Are we redundant next month? And so we just had this three months. And I was like, ah, just joy. So I just cultivated joy. I told stories. We laughed. And we laughed. And la I've never, we've never laughed as much in a concentrated period of time than in that three months. No one left the company. It was all fine. And then God bought us. And, I, and God spoke to me and said, it's going to happen at the, at the um, 12th hour or no, the 11th hour, and we got to like the 11th and 7 eighths hour, and then we got bought over right at the last minute. And I, I said, God, God's told me this is going to happen. So then everyone was just like at peace and like, oh, God's going to sort it, it's fine. Um, and so, um, yeah, laughter. Um, I used to keep a book of wit because we had so many funny things happen. I used to then annually at Christmas read out all the hilarious things that happened and we'd just sit and laugh for like a half hour. There's so many funny things now, we d I couldn't keep up, so we don't have a book of wit any longer. But just cultivating joy and laughter um, and in our environment is just, um, it's been really good. Um, and then the, the fourth thing is love. So love, and then next is health, and then freedom. So love, um, 1 Corinthians 14, 1 says, let your love be your highest goal. Or the, um, another version says this, pursue love. Let love be your highest goal, or pursue love. And actually, as Christians in the workplace, love is not an optional extra. It's actually, it has to affect absolutely everything that we do, everything that we are, and the way that we interact with our colleagues, the way that we respond to our boss, the way that we talk to customers and clients. Um, that actually, it's it, it, it needs to, it is like love is, God is love. So where there's love present by someone who's a believer and joined to him, actually we're releasing God in an environment because he's love, we're joined to him. And actually when people are loved there is an absence of fear because perfect love casts out fear and so there's not fear in my environment because I don't stand to have any I'm not prepared for there to be fear in any way shape or form um, and 1 John 4 it says this beloved let us love one another for love is from God and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love and so I the way that the what love actually looks like in my workplace is that we're like a family which sounds very strange because that's not always everyone's reality in the workplace, especially if you work in a big company of like many hundred people. 
Um, but actually, everyone in my company deeply cares for one another. And it typically comes out and they express it to one another when they've had a few drinks at Christmas time. And they all are like, I just, I love you. You're amazing. I just love you. And they actually, for grown men to express love is, um, <laughs> you know, West of Scotland, non-Christian males, it's not often something that happens. Um, and so we work together as a team. We're close and tight-knit. We support one another. We help one another. We don't finger point when things go wrong. Um, and I, I just love is just what happens because I'm like, well, I'm, and I express it by telling people how great they are. And uh, I'll tell you more about that in a second. And the next thing is health. In my environment, it is a, one of health. Um, Matthew 9, 35 says this, and Jesus went through all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every disease and every affliction. And then Luke 10, 9, heal the sick uh, in it and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near to you. And 1 Corinthians 4, 20, for the kingdom of God does not consist in talk, but in power. In my company, I don't stand for sickness. I'm not yet at a zero tolerance sickness quota yet but we have about two or three sick days in an entire year for all of our employees and contractors maximum and um, so I'm not yet a zero but I'm not I don't stand for sickness I don't stand for it in my own body I don't stand for it in the bodies of the people I work with because I'm like Jesus died so that sickness didn't need to affect people so I'm like well let's not going to affect them let's get this sorted and so we've had um Lots of things happen. I have seen um, a broken bone in a hand healed. Um, I've seen my clean, a few cleaners ago, uh, her back, she'd had um, had a couple of children and had, had had horrific back pain every day for like three years. That got completely healed. Um, I've seen knee pain completely healed. Um, we've had a fractured pelvis, three knee operations, um, and they've been healed gloriously by medicine. Love what doctors can do, restoring, you know, bones and fixing things. And then I had a work colleague who had a fractured elbow with his arm in a sling. And um, I prayed for him and he got completely and utterly healed. He didn't wear the sling and he was just totally, didn't know what to do with himself. He was just like, the doctors aren't sure why I've not got a sling on and don't need it anymore because I don't have a fracture. And nah, I was like, well, that's because Jesus healed you. <laughs> it just doesn't, people don't know what to do with that. I think it's just sometimes out with their grid, they can't cope. And then um, just uh, a week past on Friday, I was talking to my cleaner. She cleans uh, twice a week and um, she was telling me that she'd had back pain for years. And I was like, oh, I can't believe you have never told me this before. I would have got that sorted before now. She's had sciatic nerve, uh, like, sciatica and extreme uh, back pain for years and so I was just like, oh I'm just going to pray for you it'll take like five seconds let me just pray and she's like oh well if you're going to be praying for that then I also have um, pernicious anemia uh, which is I don't understand fully what it is but it's something like your body doesn't absorb like b12 absorb absorb it and so she has to get b12 injections and it can make her quite tired so anyway pray just quickly and then she keeps on cleaning and then that was it so I didn't see her again until Wednesday this week and I was like oh I was like how's your back doing by the way well well I got up on Saturday morning and I just went about my day and uh, my husband said to me are you not taking your painkillers and I was like no I don't have any pain I don't need them 
She's like, I haven't had any painkillers all week and there's nothing wrong with me. I'm totally fine. And she's like, it's so weird. It's so weird. I've got no pain. I'm like, it's not weird. It's Jesus. He loves you. He loves healing people's backs. And um, so then I was like, let me pray for your anemia thing again. So I prayed for her. And then on Friday, I saw her just uh, the other day. And she says, well, she's like, I was almost phoning you. She says, because I woke up and I had this, like, I was something wrong with my shoulder. And I was thinking, oh, I just need Jan to, like, pray and get God to fix that too. So, oh, fine, let's just do that now. And But she was on the call as I was leaving the building. So I just prayed for her as I was leaving. And so she's due to get blood tests next week. And I said, I'm believing for a, a reversal of the, your diagnosis. And she's like, that would be so weird. How That would be so good. I would love to not get injections again. And so I'll, I'll let you know what happens. But I just don't do, we don't do sickness. We pray and, you know, oh, you got the cold, I'll be healed. You got this, be healed. Uh, one guy I work with, his wife fell down the stairs, prayed for her, oh, she's doing a lot better. And she had some weird thing on her leg, some like skin disease issue. And she, he told me about it and I was like, I'm going to pray for her. And then the next thing he's like, oh, it's gone. That skin disease thing's gone. She'd had it for months and months and months. She'd been to multiple doctors, tried multiple creams and it hadn't worked. Jesus is the best. And so um, health, very important. Great way of seeing the kingdom come in your workplace. Next one is freedom. So I've cultivated a culture of freedom as, as, and then it just gets other people do it too. And what that looks like is in my company, we, it, it's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to try new things. And the way the sort of slogan is, it's better to try something and fail um, and learn than do nothing and not learn. And so that's what it looks like. We're free to be fully ourselves. Um, actually, you couldn't get a more diverse bunch, but we're just really intentional about like letting people be free to do what they do well and bring what they bring. And the next thing is uh, favor and blessing. Romans 8.28 says, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who call him and are called according to his purpose. And so God's goodness and his favor and blessing on display in my company looks like we've recruited people in our industry when others have not been and have been making people redundant. We've employed people. We've won orders in areas of water treatment and uh, we've supplied equipment uh, in countries and with clients for which we have no experience whatsoever. We don't have experience in that market. We don't have experience with that equipment. And we've won work <laughs> with no experience, which is totally miraculous to the point that my boss's boss, I was in Germany and he had a conversation with me about it. And he's like, I did not understand how on earth you managed to win both of those jobs. I was like, I know. It's because God did it. And he was like, what do you mean? I was like, well, I prayed and God like, God answered and then he did it. He's like, do you think you could pray for me to win orders like that in my company? So I'm in the airport praying for this big senior manager because he's like, I want to have God in charge of my company too. Um, <laughs> and then God, God pays the wages when there's no money. There's no options of anywhere it's coming from. And then we just live in miracle territory and everybody knows you got paid because God paid you. Um, that's just... That's the norm. Uh, and then encouragement. So uh, Matthew 13 says, the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field which a man found and covered up. Then in his joy, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. So we are the treasure and Jesus is the field in this parable. But what we get to do is we get to join in with Jesus and we get to uncover the treasure in other people's lives. And so what that looks like for me is I prophesy and encourage my work colleagues, specifically the millennials and Generation Z, because they, they, the way they communicate with all of their peers is in sarcasm. 
So no one has ever said anything kind to them, and they can't cope with it. So I, I train, I'm training them in it uh, to respond, and they come bashfully. They can't, I used to do it publicly, and they can't cope with it. So now I send them emails, and they come, and they're like, thanks for your email. And they, they're just like, you know, I, was, I just, I mean, maybe you could just, maybe you should not send them anymore. I'm like, no, no, you need to learn this. This is who you are. So I'm going to keep calling out because you're awesome and you need to hear this. And so, um, so I do that. Um, the other thing we have is relational harmony. Um, so just as I was saying, like love, a sense of family, that we actually are, um, we realize that people are the company. And actually, we want to build people. We defer to one another, by not by job title, but by skill set and gift. Um, and we value everyone's unique contribution. Um, and actually, what I've learned is that you can talk to God about things that are happening in your workplace, and he's got great insight. So I had this very difficult conversation with my boss, and then Jesus told me exactly what was happening behind the scenes. I was like, oh, that's really helpful. That was what he was partnering with. That's the fear he partnered with. That was what was going on. That's why he said what he said. Like, okay, let's shift that. That's not happening. And then the final thing before Jenny comes up to share is that we have an atmosphere of heaven, which means that we have no demonic nonsense. And um, after Jesus healed a deaf mute, remember, and the Pharisees uh, believed that he was casting out demons by the power of Satan, and he explained to them that no kingdom or house divided against itself will stand. And he says this in Matthew 12, 28. But if it is by the Spirit of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. And so my expectation is there will be no demonic activity, not in my watch, not in this workplace, not while I'm here, because just no. And uh, so there have been times I've had to just shift things. Like one time I was in a meeting and two employees, one said to the other, if you don't leave the room right now, I'm about to punch you. It's like, oh my goodness, not having this. So everyone just dispersed and I quickly ran to the bathroom and I was like, anger, I see you and I send you back and I release peace and praying in tongues, going for it, come back into the office like a few minutes later and it's all calm. Ah, and then Verna has heard me tell her that story. So then I was, those two people have never done that since or had any argument since, by the way. And Verna knew that I did that and she, I was out of the office one day and there was two other employees had a big like, bit of a bust up and she's like no we're not having this in this environment and so she did the same thing and then always calm and then those two people have never did that since and so it's important we are meant to be the ones who are the ambassadors we steward heaven in our workplace we set the standard um, and so I'm just going to have Jenny come up she is an absolutely incredible she's partnered with heaven and seen the kingdom come in her workplace resulting in two nurseries being revolutionized while she and Jesus are at the helm and actually this um, because she wants to go into great depth and detail for our benefit this next part's not going to be recorded so if you're tuning in at home then come and talk to her because you're not going to get to hear it so um, we're, I just really felt like that we need to respond um, to actually, are we willing? So I've been impacted, I almost impacted, but you know, the people who were at the send, I don't know if you've seen any of the photographs, but they say, well, I'm called to go and they lift up their shoes as a response to, yes, God, I'm willing to go into the mission field and go where you've called me. And I just really feel like actually, if, if you're willing to join in, I was like, I just would like us to... Um, we're going to all in a moment turn and look that way and just take a moment to be like, do you know what, God, like I, um, if you're in a workplace situation, if you don't work or you don't want to join in, that's fine. But um, I want to repent for actually not being who you've made me to be in the workplace. 
and actually I want to be someone who's going to release the kingdom in my place of work and I'm sorry if I, that I haven't done it or I've not been obedient or there's times that I haven't done what you've asked and then we're going to all turn back um, and face this way and then I'm going to have Jenny just pray for us actually just that we would be people who line up with the fullness of who God's called us to be and that we will be willing to let his fullness actually come and manifest through our lives in their places of work um, so if you would like to join in with that I would invite you to pop up onto your feet and then after we've done that we're going to have each of the 10 areas I've covered we're going to have 10 people line up as a prayer line down the middle and there's just an opportunity as we just um, end at that point for you to come through the prayer line and we're going to have people release um, more righteousness in your workplace, more peace, more joy, more relational harmony, more of heaven's atmosphere and authority to see the demonic move. Um, so if you want to join in, um, then I'm going to encourage you to stand and face that way. <laughs> you can also sit and not join in. You don't have to do this. There's no peer pressure in this environment. And um, so just, why don't you just take a moment and then I'll pray. Um, but take a moment just to say to God whatever you want to say to him about your place of work, the club you're in, the group you're in. Yeah, so Jesus, I just want to repent for the times that I have not um, acted, spoken, lived, or thought from heaven's perspective and reality, and I have not been um, an ambassador of Christ in my workplace, in the club, in the group that I'm part of, and I've stayed silent, and I've not been who you've made me to be. And so I just want to repent right now, Jesus, and I want to turn away from that way of thinking, and I want to turn into the truth of who I really am. Thank you, Jesus. So why don't you turn when you're ready? And then I'm just going to have Jenny pray for us. <coughs> oh, Father, we love you. We absolutely adore who you are and who you've called us to be. We thank you that each and every one of us has the incredible power of heaven, the fullness of life, um, that we can impact a nation, Father God, because you have ordained us, because you have anointed us. We are sealed by your Holy Spirit. Father, will you open our eyes to see beyond the physical realm in our workplace? Will you open our eyes to see beyond the person in front of us and to actually pull out the gold? Father God, will you just open our eyes and our ears, open our mouths, that actually they're just the goodness of heaven will spill out all over the place. Father, we want to see your kingdom come. We, we want to be people who raise up mighty warriors in this land, that those that are confused and don't know who they are, God, that we can be there. We can come alongside them and we can transform them because you are with us. And Father, ultimately, we want them to know you for themselves. We want them to be able to rise up and for them to change and be catalysts around as well. Father God, we believe uh, the outrageous <laughs> love that you have to come and consume us inside and out, that we will be absolutely consumed by your outrageous love. Uh, yeah, that we just cannot help but impact and to see incredible healings, to see incredible miracles, to just see those who are in bondage set free 
Oh, Father, you are so, so good, so beyond our imaginations, which is incredible. Help us to dream. Actually, I want to release right now dreams over each and every one of us of what our workplace could look like, of what, what we put our hands to, whatever that is, that whatever that looks like, Father God, that we will just dream beyond uh, and dream with you. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Amen.